This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Picked off by Marner as he plays it to the blue line. This one in close to follow up. Murray turns it aside as well, and that should pretty much do it. The Leafs are going to pick up the win here in Detroit, moving to 14-5-5, and and overall in 7-3-2 and on the road. A solid effort that started with a Detroit goal, but ended with the Leafs. W. That is Todd Crocker with the call, subbing for Joe Bowen. 4-2, the Leafs win in Detroit tonight. Perfect road trip. Welcome to Leafs game night. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph with you to, to sum this up. And, and Ralphie, I, you know, you could see the build in the four games where the margins were slim in New Jersey and Minnesota, but they built some breathing room and full value for the win tonight. Yeah, and, and you know, this is the first time in the road trip they don't score first. You know, that, that seemed to be, you know, especially in New Jersey, they built the 2 nothing lead in the first and then kind of held on for the 2-1 win uh, the rest of the way. But uh, you're right, it did feel like the, there was a build. And you thought maybe there would be, you know, playing the three and four nights and uh, the, the, the third of those games in uh, Pittsburgh on the back-to-backs after Minnesota, you thought, okay, you might see a little bit of a letdown here. Um, but no, they, they seem to get stronger as the trip wore on. And um, I'm not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, I think Wednesday's going to be going to be a tough test, even though it's against San Jose. Um, but, you know, as Frankie, I'm sure, always knows that first game home after a rather lengthy road trip because is sometimes the toughest. Tonight could have been a tough one too, Ralphie. Like, you've had a pretty hard road trip. It's the last game. You had a day off on the road yesterday. Like, watching the game early on, I was thinking, okay, this might be one of those ones where they're hanging on, and they may be a little groggy, but to give them full credit, like, they got they got their act together, and they started getting on offense. Other than, you know, those those first few chances, I think they gave up five slot shots in the first period, and Matt Murray had to come up big. But other than that, I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping things to the outside. I know, like, Detroit's game plan essentially was puck goes low to high, traffic to the front of the net, and let's try and get pucks and bodies there and Leafs did a good job of of blocking shots and and kind of negating that kind of game plan for Detroit yeah and I'll tell you I mean everybody deserves a lot of credit for the play defensively but Mark Giordano was uh you just shake your head at at what he's been able to do it, it just seems to be whether it's a little five foot outlet pass to get it out or he's gonna say screw it I'm gonna ice it his position in front of the net um, he really, especially with Morgan Riley and TJ Brody out and Jake Muzzin, uh, to me, he's really stood out uh, with the number of uh, minutes he's been putting up and uh, and how he's played. And, and you know, if you could ever go back midseason and say, hey, look, I know I signed for the league minimum to come back. Um, I, I think you owe me. I think Taddy tried doing that one year. Taddy tried. He called up our bosses. He said, guys, listen, I'm doing a little too much here. Pay me a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Hence the creation of no guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think I've said that. I just couldn't prove it. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's all kinds of great storylines, and again, we sort of do a, a, a summary of the road trip because there there is that nice build there. And if you go to the goaltending, you know, Matt Murray started with the post post gate, I guess you could call it, and, and just you know, he's just a, a rock back there, and you know, sprinkling children on Saturday night, uh, advancing and battling. I mean, that that was a, a major concern. It's not anymore, is it? No, and and I mean, you still got uh, Samson off out. I mean, 
you know, the you know, and, and talking to some people today, you're saying, okay, here's the scenario: the Leafs aren't going to score early on as much as they used to. Um, the two goaltenders that you're in, you've been questioning, are they both going to be hurt? On that defense that you've got some concerns about, we're going to take three of the top four out of the lineup. Go ahead. How do you think they're going to do? <laughs> you know, and 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 <laughs> yeah. that's where I think you've really, um, and and give a lot of credit to Sheldon Keefe as well. You know, he was on the hot seat early on, like he was last year, and um, you know whether whether you say he he convinces the players to stay with the game plan or whatever it is, um, Sheldon Keefe deserves a lot of credit for. Uh, making sure this group didn't panic, that he knows that everything is an opportunity for somebody else, and that uh, defense is a five-man unit. It's not two guys back on the blue line by themselves because um, at a time where they finally had an excuse maybe to underperform, uh, they go the other way with it. Well, watching the deep pairs tonight, they deployed it a little different than they had on this road trip. Like the, the third pair with Mete and Hollowell, those guys were getting sprinkled in with one of like Giordano or Lilligren or Hall or Sandine. And tonight it, it seemed like he was pretty comfortable with putting those guys as a pair. And he had them like Mete played 1832. Hollowell played 1437. And I guess w when I see that, that makes me think that the players around them they're winning battles. They're playing the right way. They're getting open for pucks because, you know, if, if you don't have that kind of, um, you know, like that kind of effort going on around them, it, it can it has the tendency to go south. But you, you feel more comfortable putting those guys on the ice together when you know that, you know, a guy like Pontus Holmberg is going to be in the right spot. Matthews is in the right spot. Like we saw Marner on both both sides of the puck playing really well tonight. So. Like, I, I can understand how those guys are playing well and playing together after not doing that in the, the last few games. Yeah, and for Hollowell, that's the, the, that's a, a season high, obviously, career high and ice time for him as well. And um, what I like with that duo, I, I think there was the, the one goal against in uh, in Minnesota uh, where they both got caught chasing the puck at the same time and left a guy wide open in front. Uh, but for the most part, and, and Frankie, I hope you would agree with this, for a young defenseman coming into the league, Sometimes the biggest compliment you can pay him is, I didn't really notice you out there. Yeah. You know, it sure. was chip it out, chip it in. Um, just don't get caught flat-footed. Try to win as many one-on-one -on -one battles as you can. And uh, that's what I've liked with him. I mean, um, obviously uh, it helps that he's wearing Phil Castle's number to identify him rather quickly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of things I think you liked about his game, but... Uh, not trying to go above and beyond what his capabilities are early in his NHL career, I think, has uh, been pretty impressive. But like we said, it's a five-man unit. And I think, um, again, going back to giving uh, Sheldon Keefe a lot of credit, uh, as a five-man unit, they have been so much better in the last eight to ten games than they were early in the season. Well, and another sort of storyline that, that fades, you know, the, the big four, obviously, Matthews, Nylander, and Marner score again for consecutive games, and, and Marner keeps it going at 17 games with a point. I mean, so the criticism of the big guys not carrying this team is, is gone. They're carrying it, but not in the way you think. It's, I mean, there's a, there's a rounded game there from all of them, isn't there? Oh, yeah, and, and I mean, a big part of, like, you always saw, especially with Austin Matthews, it seemed that so many of his goals scored off the rush were his takeaways in the defensive zone. Which started the rush, the the rush back up ice the other way. So uh, you're right. I mean, it's it's you know when they're at their best, 
And John Tavares, I thought, was fantastic tonight as well. Only he picked won up a lot of battles, the, uh, Ralphie. Yeah, he was, the, like, he was a pit bull down low tonight. And yeah. especially in front of the net, like there was one play where he's looking for Callie Yarncrook, and he sees the pass kind of – he's not going to get it there. He legitimately is standing still trying to, like, use his body yeah, just to, like, that. will his way – to a better scoring chance, a better angle. Did you see that as well? Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he looked like a um, a centerman on a table hockey <laughs> yeah. game. You know what I mean? Where you're, you're yeah. trying to turn the handle yeah. and get a better <laughs> angle to fire it. It looked like that. By by the way, we were uh, Todd and I were talking about it during the broadcast uh, because if Mitch Marner is able to pick up a point on Wednesday against the San Jose Sharks, ties Daryl Settler and um, Eddie Oldshock with an 18 game point streak. Um, are you guys aware of the, the longest point streak in NHL history? No. And, and it's one of those that you, you can guess who it is, but you just have to sort of refresh your memory. Uh, the streak is 51 games. No, I wonder who that is. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this young Brantford kid, but, but yeah, here, yeah. here's the best part about it. 51 games, 62 goals, 153 points. That's, oh boy, Whitley is going. I don't even think I. I don't. I didn't never played fifty-one games in a row in any league ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, for me that was that was kind of a bad month. <laughs> oh no, not again! <laughs> well, listen, Ralphie. Some guys, some guys are tough to play with, and some guys are tough to play against. And maybe you and I yeah. were tough to play with. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Thank thank God we played in different eras. Because yeah. uh, we, uh, I don't we, know, we, you could have supported we, each other. I was going to say <laughs> we, we we could have been in a broadcast seat about seven or eight years earlier than we, than we were. We would have had. We would have had. A, we would have been having heart to hearts on the back of the bus talking about <laughs> what do you think? What do you think you're going to do after hockey, man? Have you thought about that at all? <laughs> what was what was the line in, in slap shot? F and Nothing, Chrysler plant, here I come. <laughs> this, 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 that's, what, that's what it would have been. I used to love when guys, uh, after a game, the defense would come back and say, uh, uh, did, that, did I screen you on that one? <laughs> and you're kind of saying, okay, so what you're saying is, you're asking if I'm blaming you. But what you're really saying is, I think you just missed it. I don't think I, you know, it was just, and I'm going, man, that's, that reminds me of being married. You know, there's, there's no right answer to this one. Did you, Ralphie, what, what was what was your thought process on this one? Okay, so let's say you and I were playing on the same team, and we got, like, well, okay, what, we lost. wait, what, what league? Well, any league. Let's let's say the American Hockey League. Ah, uh, damn. We're in the American Hockey. We lost five one <laughs> again. <laughs> and and your your defenseman comes up to you after the game and he gives you like the the token. Hey man, nice try. Like not even good games. Like nice try out there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's when you uh, you accidentally slash him in practice. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Pal. That was a better try. Oh, okay. wasn't it? So so so. So what if somebody came up to you and said you did the best you could? I mean, that's a slam, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. That's why I always said that I was the one that invented that uh, saves above expected. Because every time I stopped one, somebody would say, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, we should make Bonus. a stat. We should make a stat about that. But it, uh, oh. I remember, I, I do remember getting into with, uh, with one defenseman years ago where you're going through a rough streak and, I had said something to him, and he said, just worry about your own job. 
Yeah. And I said, what job? I said, every time you're on the ice, I worry about my job. <laughs> So, we uh wow i do, I do not believe do not believe uh, we we won the cup that year no probably not <laughs> in whatever league that was yeah yeah um but in all honesty like speaking of tough to play against i i know we could talk about this team sometimes and be like yeah they gotta play more physical and they gotta win more battles and they gotta you know find ways to mix it up between the whistles because that's tough to play against but when i watch the game tonight and I watch the game against Pittsburgh and I go back and watch even the one against Mini. I see a lot of different ways that this team is tough to play against. It's tough to play against because Matt Murray and the goaltending has been really good because the defense is doing a good job of keeping things to the outside, boxing out in front of the net. And as a five man unit, it feels like there's layers that you need to get through in order to create a chance. And so if you can create those chances, if you can find a way to finally get a chance against the Leafs, it's like there's Matt Murray and his massive shoulder pads and his massive pads, and it's hard to score a goal. Like, are you seeing that as well? Like, they're they're tough to play against in a different kind of way? Yeah, and, and I'll was, I was say another thing too, Frankie, is that I think uh, in some ways that has taken away from the offense where it's been it's been a different mentality you know it, people always talk about how Scotty Bowman came in and convinced that Steve Eiserman had to be uh, more of a two-way player and um and and if you look at Eiserman's numbers they weren't as good when Bowman came in but what did they do they won championships and uh, you're right it seems to be that the focus has shifted a little bit and uh it, and in saying all of that and I've noticed it with Austin Matthews a number of times in the offensive zone uh there are very few selfish plays that you see from this team during this stretch. Yeah. And and even the goal in uh, in Pittsburgh on Saturday night, uh, Austin Matthews is coming around the net. And if it's a guy that was really concerned about not scoring and uh, he's got to find a way to get back on track, uh, I think he tries a wraparound there. Instead, he looks up and sees Nylander open and throws in the puck. Like Austin Matthews through this, even though the goal totals haven't been there, a lot of times... He's been in a great shooting area, but has found somebody that's been in a better spot, and he's fed him the puck. And even go yeah. back to Nick Robertson's overtime goal against Dallas. Yeah. You know, that's uh, there's so many times I've seen that from Matthews this year that even though you, you can go through a game and say, you know what, it doesn't feel like he had that many quality scoring chances, but you're saying, look at some of the assists that he's had. And I think that, um, that makes you pretty okay with uh, the goal totals not being there. I think that's a great point because like, I'll watch – other hockey games outside the NHL as well. And so, like, I was at the Rich Clune retirement game down at the Coca-Cola Coliseum over the weekend. I was watching the Marlies play against Cleveland. And I'm sitting there, I'm with my wife, and I'm saying, okay, look at this guy. This guy, he has his D partner wide open, but he refuses to pass it to him because he hasn't had the puck all game. And he's thinking, okay, it's my turn to take a shot. It's my turn to get my cookie. But a really good player, a really smart player, is just going to make the right play at the right time, regardless of what the game has given him. And for Austin Matthews, that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, he's scoring goals, but he hasn't scored at the clip that he usually does. He gets a great one tonight, five on five. But he's making the proper decisions that the game calls for. And some players, less mature players, you know, players that don't play with the same kind of IQ that Austin Matthews has, they'll just be like, uh, I got to get off the schneid, so I'm shooting everything from every angle. And yeah, if you're there, sorry, pal. Like I just got to do this, and you don't get that sense with him. So I agree with you. There's, it, it seems like there's more of a buy-in as far as let's do the right things as a team, 
and eventually the individual accolades will pile up and, and they will be there for us at the end of the day. Yeah, there was even another moment where in the second period where Matthews came off the right-wing boards and, and again, could have taken it to the netter, could have tried the, the, the toe-drag snapshot and found Michael Bunting. Uh, you know, top of the uh, top of the circle on the left wing side that you liked. I wasn't at the Rich Clune thing, but uh, when I played in the American League, remember it was the Newmarket Saints. Um, the Leafs farm team was up in Newmarket, and I remember my my retirement night was a little different. Where they, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was nice to be in the building, but uh, with the team being on the road, it it didn't feel as. Uh, <laughs> as <laughs> Just, you know, didn't feel Where is everybody? Special. Yeah. They, forgot to, they forgot to tell everyone. Yeah. Hey, Ralphie, yeah. I hate when they do that. Uh, yeah. well, well, They're arriving you know, crowd again. Yeah, and I, wasn't, I was not driving to Binghamton in February. <laughs> Guys, we, I think we forgot Ralphie back home. Oh, it's okay. We'll be all right. Good party anyway. <laughs> Ralphie, you go out with a laugh. That's the best way to go. Thanks very much, buddy. Yeah. Are you talking about the career or tonight? Uh, well, both. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bud. <laughs> All right. Thanks, bud. Okay. Thank you. Jim Ralph. <laughs> the comedic stylings of Jimmy Ralph. <laughs> that was, that was priceless. And so I just want to sort of wrap this up before we break. I mean, when you're talking about the, the, the Marley guy, I mean, uh, uh, really, I mean, uh, to me, that sounds like uh, professional insecurity and professional confidence. Uh, Austin well, Matthews has, has scored. You know he's 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 done he's done all of that and he's just confident in himself and the team to play this way and and somebody else trying to make a name for themselves obviously is professionally insecure in my opinion. That's that's a great way to put it. Yeah, because listen, you're thinking, well, I got the puck here. I don't know if I'm going to get this puck again. It's my turn to shoot the puck. And a guy like Matthews, he's very mature in the way he plays. Very smart player. He understands. I'm going to get another opportunity. I understand. I'm going to yeah. get another shot at this. And eventually, I'll get I'll get what I deserve. And in the meantime, I'm just going to make the right plays. Michael Bunting is open. I get it over to him. And a lot of times, Matthews, like, you know, if, if, if a scoring chance doesn't go his way in the offensive zone, he's the first guy back. It's three hard strides. He's the first guy back. He's the down low center. He's breaking up a pass. Like, I thought he was, he was so good at getting up and down the ice tonight. Like, a lot of people talk about a 200-foot player. Right? And there's a few players that come to mind when you think of 200-foot players. Austin Matthews, he embodies that, and we see it shift after shift. So, listen, another in, like very impressive performance. Mitch Marner, same thing. Really impressive performance. The, you know, the attention to detail that these guys, these star players, are putting not only with the puck but without the puck is, is at a, a very high level right now. And it's part of the reason why this team is having success. Well, to me, that like they're not searching anymore. They know what to do, and regardless of who's on the roster, they're doing it. So in this game, let's go back to the, the start of the first period. Uh, they give up that two-on-one that turns into a goal a goal line scrum. So Detroit botches the two-on-one, and they get uh, you know just a lucky squirt that came out of uh, Matt Murray, and they're able to jam it in. Um, and and it, as we talked about in the first intermission, every time the puck was in the leaf zone, the Red Wings would go after the guy who had just released the puck and hammer him into the boards. And I thought, okay, that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and, and get on the Leafs with a good forecheck, a good physical forecheck. It's one nothing. It works. Uh, the Leafs get on a penalty kill, and that turns the game. And before the period is, is half over, it's 2-1 for the Leafs. I mean, that's a confident hockey team, isn't it? 
It is a confident hockey team, right? And, and similar to how we talked about certain players where, you know, they, they get the puck and they think it's my turn. I got to make something happen. Well, for the Leafs, you go down tonight and you're thinking, okay, like this, this Detroit team, they're going to push. They're going to try and hit. They're going to try and run us out of the building. They, you know, are talking in the media about how they don't have to worry about our skill. They got their own skill that they can match us with. And that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, the Leafs played a 60-minute game, and did they control it for 60 minutes? No, but they made the right decisions at the right time, and ultimately yeah. that's what puts them in the driver's seat in this game. And when you get a lead, we talked about it after the second period, you get a lead, your game becomes simple. As a team, your game becomes simple. As an individual, there's a sense of relief that you could play with, and it goes throughout the whole bench. And so when you're in that position, it's like, okay, man, like – now it's just smart, easy decisions. We're going to weather the storm. And then when they make a mistake, when they push a little too hard, now we go and we kind of gain our posture over them. And I thought the Leafs did a really good job of that tonight. Like looking at the slot shots, Detroit had 15, yeah. Toronto had 13. And Detroit yeah, had five out, out of, after the first period. So essentially five per period. Matt Murray played really well. Um, so like, it, it's, not like, it's not like this was a Leaf team that hung on for dear life tonight. It was a Leaf team well, that played a really good brand of hockey and a goaltender who played well, and you scored on your scoring chances. And your elite players, Jimmy, were your elite players. They were. so, And they, they, they lead in a different manner than you would have expected at the start of the season. But I want to go back to that. They gave up 15 slot shots, and not one of them was a goal. So it's a double-edged sword. You wouldn't be happy that you gave up 15 of them, but you would be happy that your goalie stopped all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know if the first one would maybe count because it's right like it's right in the crease, so that might count as a slot yeah, shot, but that's um, a scrum. That's a scrum, right? And then the one later yeah. in the game, like that's a that's a pretty awesome play by Moritz Sider, just walking the blue line there and kind of yeah. finagling his way to get that shot off. There's there's not much you're going to be able to do there, but give the Leafs a lot of credit because they generated offense of their own and they scored on the chances that they needed to. Leafs win 4-2 in Detroit. It's a perfect road trip, 4-0, and and come back home to, to face San Jose on Wednesday night. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night, Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. The Leafs win 4-2 in Detroit. We have some post-game sound now, starting with Austin Matthews, and his particular night went like this, a goal and an assist for two points, plus two, played 18-05, had five shots on goal, one blocked, one missed for seven attempts, and he had five, are you ready for this, five blocked shots, 50% in the faceoff dot. He was asked at the end of the game what he liked about the game. Well, I mean, just obviously the win, uh, first and foremost, but you know, I just thought we did a lot of good things, and, um, you know, when they got their push, I thought we defended well, and Merv made some really big saves, obviously, and, uh, you know, that's all you can ask for. So you know, I think it was a really good road trip for us, obviously, and, you know, we just want to continue this momentum. You like to win, you like to score, Mitch is scoring, you're scoring, how, how good do you feel, how, how good do you feel right now? I mean, I think we feel good. Uh, I mean, it's always it always helps, and it's always fun to win. So, you know, we just want to keep it rolling, uh, continue to uh, put in the work uh, every day and uh, continue to get better and work on the areas that we need to improve in and uh, just continue to play. So, like I said, this is a big road trip for us. Um, you know, felt like a bit of a long one, but uh, it's good to get uh, a lot of points on this one and you know, get one more game at home, and uh, I want to make sure that we just continue to continue to push. Matt Caldwell, Matt Caldwell, set his first NHL point. Uh, what stands out to you about him? 
everything. What's not <laughs> to stand out? I mean, uh, the Big Mac is is uh, the man. Um, if I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just uh, he's solid back there. Um, I told him after the game he's undefeated in the NHL so far, so that's definitely uh, <laughs> definitely not a bad thing. So um, you know him, uh, you know Mete, guys that you know have had to step in and um, you know play their role, and then obviously uh, you know guys like G Haller, Sandy, Timmy that are you know playing a lot more minutes back there are doing a good job for us, and um, you know I think it's just a full team effort all around, and that's uh, it's obviously positive. And like I said, we just want to continue to play and continue to keep it going. I know you mentioned Matt already, but how crucial was he tonight? Boston coming up the big saves at the right times all through. Yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, huge for us all trip. I think, um, you know, when you go into uh, opposing teams' buildings, they're going to get momentum, they're going to get their chances. They've got good players on that side as well that can create. And, um, and you know, when we have to defend, uh, I thought we defended well. And when they got their good chances, great A's, that, you know, it's kind of inevitable that are going to happen throughout the game. I thought he made some unbelievable saves and, uh, you know, kept us uh, in a good spot. So. Who do you pass the belt to tonight? Uh, I passed it to Mitchie. Yeah. What is it about Matt's personality that guys seem to like so much? It feels like everyone just enjoys talking about him and being around him. I mean, he, he's pretty quiet. I think uh, just the two weeks we spent together with like him, Jumbo, myself, Willie, and uh, and Sandy in that house uh, a couple years ago, um, and nobody knew him except Sandy. And Sandy was talking like this big game that you know he likes to chirp and he's you know he's loud and and stuff like that. And then he didn't say like a word for the first three days, and and then Jumbo kind of just opened him right up. And uh, that whole year it was, uh, I mean, if you didn't know him, you're you're gonna know him. One way or another, whether it was Jumbo, put him in, putting him in your face, or just uh, just some funny stories. So he's just a great guy to have around, and um, you know he works hard and practices and games, and just keeps to himself. When you kind of get him going, he's he's really funny and a lot of fun to be around. He is older than he looks, right? I don't know how old he is. <laughs> Honestly, I, I know he's a, maybe a couple years younger than me, but yeah, he's a youthful guy. He's going to be uh, skating well for a long time. Austin Matthews in, in a good mood after a 4-2 win in Detroit. Frankie, see, I'm going to throw some numbers at you that are kind of startling and don't really tell you about the game. But There's one number that jumps off the page, and I got it by reading Austin Matthews' line. So the Leafs had 25 shots on goal, another five that were blocked, and three that missed for 33 attempts. Detroit had 43 shots on goal, 24 that were blocked, and six that missed. So that's 73 attempts. But the number that jumps off the page is the 24 block shots by the Leafs. That's phenomenal. Well, that's what happens when you play D-zone the way the Leafs are right now. And, like, the Leafs in the past have been a little more susceptible to goals from that, you know, slot, face-off dot, kind of high in the circle area. And the way they're playing now, it's like if the defense are below the goal line, the wingers are down at the hash marks and everything needs to go around them. It's hard for anything to go through them. And so when the puck eventually does go from the goal line to the blue line, all the leaf forwards need to do is just flex out. You just skate out a little bit and it makes it hard for the opponent to get pucks through. And so that's why we're seeing a lot more block shots from the Leafs right now. And yeah, you have to have a certain mindset, you know, in order to put yourself in those positions. But you know what happens? One guy will block a shot. And the bench will kind of give them some stick taps. And it's a really good feeling. And then you're out there on the ice and you see that and you're like, yeah, I'm going to block a shot now. And then the boys are kind of, they're going to get up for me a little bit. And then, you know, guys kind of build momentum and it's a really good vibe that way. So I, I like 
know, I like the fact that they're blocking shots just from a just from a morale point of view. Listen, at the end of the day, block shots are not the be all end all. Essentially, if you're the team blocking a lot more shots, it's probably because the other team has the puck a lot more and they're taking way more attempts. So that that stat can be a little misleading. But from the point of view of like you know, guys kind of digging in and getting in the trenches and how we talk about with this team all the time, right? Like, we want to see that that kind of passion and, um, you know, that, that grittiness. Well, block shots, that's another way to do it, and um, it goes a long way with your teammates, especially, you know, when, when the chips are down and you have big-time players out of your lineup. Okay, so that came from reading Austin Matthews' line. He led the team with five blocks. So so let's deal with, with what he does that's different from before. I mean, obviously we talked about he wanted to be more physical this year, and he has. Uh, you know, obviously the offensive package is there, but he's blocking shots. He leads the team with with shot blocks. I mean, that's that's got to reverberate right through that bench. Well, it's like it's like the old saying in Pittsburgh, right? And I know the Leafs just beat up on Pittsburgh, but for years – it's been Sidney Crosby leading the charge there. And if Sidney Crosby is going to do certain things, everyone who's below him on the totem pole on that team, that is expected of you. That's the bare minimum. Whatever Sid does is the bare minimum because whatever Sid is going to do with the puck, you know, the, the talent and the gifts that he possesses, you don't have those. So everything else he's going to do, you have to do. And so for the Leafs, if Austin Matthews, who is the best player on the team, if he's going to be blocking shots, if he's going to be on the right side of the puck, if he's going to stop on a puck instead of turning away and doing a big flyby, guess what? If you're Alex Kerfoot, if you're Pierre Engvall, if you're Dennis Malgin, you have no choice. You have to do what 34 is doing. He's the best player on the team. He's bought into a certain way. And as a team, now that's the expectation. That's the standard that's, that gets set. So it, it's a great, you know, it's a great example of the leader of the team who may not be the most rah-rah guy, may not be the guy who's yelling on the bench, but when you watch him play, you're thinking, there he goes again. He's leading by example. That's the kind of stuff we need to do. And if you don't clue into to it yourself, you can bet that there's someone on the bench, whether it's a player or a coach, who's saying, did you guys just see what Austin did there? Did you guys catch that? Like, that's that's the standard. That's the bar for this team. And so, you know, everyone kind of falls in place after that. Mitch Barner uh, with a goal tonight, a seventh of the season, and obviously points in 17 straight games and one away from the franchise record, which he could tie on Wednesday night. And uh, back-to-back games and scoring, so he was asked at the end of the game how he feels to score again after Saturday night. Yeah, I feel good. I mean, our team's winning games. Um, it's what you want. It's a great road trip for us. Um, you know, I think uh, the whole really road trip, we just stuck to our game. We didn't get too crazy with plays through the neutral zone. Um, we didn't get uh, too reckless in our D zone as well. We stayed tight with each other and made plays. Why do you think that is, Mitch? Was it just the injuries on defense tightening everyone's focus or just a natural evolution of the season for the group? I think... Uh, you know, we talked about trying to tighten up our defense, trying to make it harder to get through us in the neutral zone, to um, trying to make it harder to get past through us um, in the D zone as well. And we've done a good job of it. And, uh, you know, obviously when you do have new defensemen come in and younger guys, you want to really tighten up and help out as much as you can and um, try and work teams down the O zone. I thought, you know, the whole trip we've done a good job of that. And um, tonight was a little uh, more defending than we liked, but we didn't stress too much. We didn't get extended too much. Um, when blocks were being made, we made them. And, um, you know, players we made, we made them. And when they got through, Murray was real strong again. Yeah, I mean, Murray's been great on this road trip for us. Um, both goalies really have since, um, 
I don't even know a while ago. So it's it's um, it's a lot of fun to watch them doing their thing right now and um, making big saves when we need them. So um, he's definitely been a crucial part of our wins. What do you see on the on the your goal as it developed coming up the ice with Geo there and calling for that pass? Yeah. Um, well. You know, kind of started in the breakout there. I was hoping Cali would just stay where he was, and he did. So um, he made a great play to Gio there, and then kind of just saw their two guys going for a change and wanted the puck back pretty badly there from Gio. I don't know if he's got Mike on him or anything, but I was screaming pretty loud for that puck. And um, great vision by him just to kind of slow up, bring people to him, and give it to me. And um, I just tried to come in with speed, go lateral, and get it to the net quickly. And um, luckily enough, I went in. You're in game. 39-year-olds aren't supposed to be in the NHL, let alone logging big minutes. What stands out about Giordano? Um, his calmness, his leadership, just his constant talking on the bench in here. Um, you know, making big play after big play. So um, they've definitely meant a lot to our team in these because last few years. Because you're winning, can you at all enjoy the point streak you're on now, one away from the team record? Um, you know, it's a cool thing, but uh, like I keep saying to you guys, it's uh, it's a consistent five-man unit out there. Nothing's done by yourself. So, um, you know, for me, it's just trying to find spots where I can get the puck in my hands to make plays and, and try and find people in open ice. And um, luckily enough, it's been working. But you're one game away from tying the team record. Does that sit with you at all? This isn't going to stop, eh, boys? <laughs> no. um, I mean, yeah, you know, it's a hard league, man. It's it's. Um, you know, I'm not expecting this every night, so it's just for me. I'm like I said the last couple of days. I'm just trying to go out there and buzz and be myself and, and try and make plays out there, and um, it's been working. So just got to stick with that. Um, my guys have been great uh, finishing pucks for me and, and giving me the pucks that uh, I've been lucky enough to score on as well. So um, you know, it's uh, it's more important wins, and that's what we've been doing. That's why this feels great. I think part of it, Marin too, Mitch, is that hasn't happened since '89, '90, so it's been quite a long time. Yeah. Um, like it's I said, people yeah, it's a cool thing, but I mean, you know, nothing's ever achievable in this in this game by yourself. So um, it's always kudos to your teammates. It's always a lot of love for those guys, and then making plays and finding me an open ice, like I said, and um, other way around, I'm finding guys and they're not missing a lot. So um, it's uh, it's a five-man unit out there at all times, and we've been working well together. We just gotta make the keep sure we keep this thing going. That is Mitch Marner, a date with Maple Leaf history on Wednesday night against San Jose. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 in the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. It's a perfect road trip. 4-0. The Leafs head home. This is Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of the Leafs, on finishing the trip against the Red Wings. Well, I thought, you know, this obviously was not our best game of the trip. You know, for sure, credit to Detroit. They came out as hard and made life uh, a hard on us to get out of our zone in particular, you know, but I thought obviously our goaltending was outstanding again as it has been all trip, um, you know, and again I thought we we defended way too much because of our inability to break out, but I, I thought, especially in periods two and three, we really didn't give up the big chance, you know, um, a lot of shots in the perimeter, a lot of long shots, they obviously get a tip on one that goes in in the third there, but by and large, I thought the guys did a good job of, of allowing Matt to see the puck and the way he's playing. He's seen that he's stopping it. Um, so that was really good. And, and I thought the one thing that stands out for me uh, in terms of you know, why we get on the right side of this game, and it's nice to see because it maybe wasn't the case on the trip, is that the special teams were really good. Penalty kill was excellent. I thought it gave us a lot of momentum in life in the first period there. We come out of that kill, we score right away, and we get a power play and we score right away there too. So I thought that uh, little 
portion of the first period where we scored those two goals and get that penalty kill. Huge part of the game, and then the PK was good the rest of the way, too. What's it say about the team that haven't lost in regulation since you lost TJ Brody and, and then on top of that, Morgan Riley? Well, I think we talked about this, and that, you know, yeah, anytime you lose a guy, it, you know, it stings and it sucks. And then you just get to work, whether you're a coach or a player, you just you got to press on. And whether you're a guy coming in the lineup or you're a guy that's that's playing uh, more, uh, in our case, if you're a forward, like everybody just has to play better, play smarter, uh, play more connected as a group, defend better, and then compete and find ways to win. So I, we've done that, and we've given ourselves chances to win each game. And when you do that, you know, we, we're a good enough team that we're going to find our way on the right side of it. Speaks to the depth, though, doesn't it, Sheldon? Because not, a, not every team has that luxury when they do lose key players that you, it will be an X man up type of thing for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, there's a lot of teams, whether it's this season or in history, that deal with a lot of injuries and still find a way to win. Um, you know, but certainly in our case, you, you know, Matt Hollowell comes up and and plays his first NHL games out here on this trip, and I thought he does a good job, gets his first point here tonight, makes a great play uh, off that breakout uh, to uh, lead to Matthew's goal. Um, you know, it's a good sign for him, and uh, well-deserved with the work that he's put in. He takes advantage of his opportunity opportunity, and comes in and, and uh, tough circumstances, but he finds a way to give us good minutes and be a part of the wins. But like we talked about uh, through the trip, that the team game is making everybody better. What are you guys doing well to prevent a big chance we talked about? Is that just discipline to the structure, or how would you describe it? Yeah, I would, that's what I would say is discipline to the structure. I, I think you know, we haven't been perfect with our decisions with the puck, but you know, for the most part, we've made good decisions there. But just our commitment to come back to our end and, and fill the middle of the rink. Um, you know, their first goal, they get in behind us a little bit there, but for the most part, they're you know they're not in behind us. We're above the puck a lot and blocking things up to the neutral zone, forcing them to dump it in. Uh, and if they do get entries, we're denying the middle of the rink pretty well as a team. D zone coverage just clogging the clogging the middle of the rink. All those things the guys have, have adhered to pretty consistently. And like I said that gives you a chance to win every game, especially with the goaltending that we've been getting. And then we've got good players that can can capitalize. I've heard it said a few times over the years about different players that sometimes they're better in the NHL than they are in the AHL. That is, their skill set lends itself better to more playing with more talented players. Uh, Rasmus sort of suggested that was the case with Mac Hollowell. I wonder if that's your if your take on him too. Well, I think there's something to be said for that. It's a more organized and structured game at the NHL level for sure. Um, I think there's a lot more to it that goes goes into it, of course, than that. But I think there are sometimes some of the weaknesses or some of the issues that you see at the AHL level with a player that might make you think, you know, he maybe isn't ready for the NHL. Those things sometimes sort themselves out. You know, I think each player is different, but the NHL, because of a little more structure or maybe a lot more structure in and how the players play both on offense and on defense with, with both teams, uh, the game itself maybe makes a little more sense. It's a little bit easier to sort out that way. Jimmy, I have a little bit of a theory here that I've been pondering the last couple minutes. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. Go for it. So these young defensemen now, they're getting a chance to play essentially uninterrupted, right? They're just in a rhythm. They're kind of going out yep. there shift after shift, and, and, and they don't have to think about things, right? And a lot of the times when you have a full, healthy group, there's a lot of things that, that you have to take into consider and consideration when you're playing a game. 
your line matchups, you know, then special teams may happen. So you sit a little longer Then there's a TV timeout, like all these kinds of things, they, they disrupt your rhythm in a game, but these guys don't have to go through that right now. And a lot of the times young defensemen who are breaking into the league, who have that situation, they're playing on teams that aren't necessarily very good. So, you know, they can kind of get caved in and their confidence can get hurt that way. But these guys are in a pretty interesting position because these guys are getting that kind of ice time, that kind of deployment, but they're playing on a very good team with very talented players, some of the best offensive, offensively gifted players in the league. And th- th- these kinds of situations don't happen very often. So the fact that these guys, you know, these younger players, Lilligren, Sandine, Hollowell, Mete, they look very good and they're very good players. But they're getting an opportunity that not a lot of young defensemen get in the National Hockey League. It's to get into a rhythm, to find your game, and do it on a team that's actually quite good. Whereas a lot of guys, these young guys who are breaking in, they're on rebuilding teams where it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't have an Austin Matthews. You don't have a Mitch Marner. You don't have guys on the right side of the puck. You're just, you're just looking to survive. These guys... They're not looking to survive out there. They're looking to add to the offense. They're looking to get in the rush and, and be assertive in the game. And because their team is good enough, they're they're successful at it. Well, look, I mean, first of all, I remember two points come out of that. They did all this on the road, which is not an easy place to do because of last change and, and different scenarios, not as easy as at home. The other thing is, can you strip four defensemen off any team and still have a geo to be able to step up and do what he did? I don't I don't think you would. No, and that's a, that's a great point, too. Like, the, the, the presence that he has, and we heard Austin Matthews talk about it a little earlier, the fact that he's just constantly talking. He's talking on the bench. He's talking in the dressing room. And I always said this when I was playing, too, you know, with my D partner. I would rather just hear something than nothing at all. Because at least when you yell something, whether it's I have time, whether it's to wheel the net, whether it's someone on me, it just adds a little more awareness to me. It kind of just reminds me, okay, let me get my head up. Let me see, you know, what's actually going on. Let me process what the game is giving me. So, yeah, you have a guy like Gio who's very vocal. um, And a lot of the times he's going to guide you in the right direction. And it's just that calming presence. Like how many times do we see Mark Giordano get a puck in his own zone and a lot of players, the default would just be, we're under pressure. Let me find a way to just clear this thing down the ice, whether it's a high yeah. flip or it's off the glass. And let me just get rid of it. Like, it's got to be someone else's problem or the problem needs to be 90 feet away. He's got the presence of mind so many times to kind of just take a quick look, protect it, shield it. He sees where the forecheck is going. And then it's a smart, easy play out the other side. And when you're watching it in real time, doesn't look like much because it just likes it looks like it's easy, it's simple, but Pretty slick. In in reality, if you were down there at ice level and you saw him doing that, you would see so many little subtleties to his game that would make you go, "Wow, that is a smart player. That's an experienced player." And a lot of the guys on the back end, like they can they can see that and they can kind of feed off that and learn from it as these games go on. Well, and we've got seconds to do this, but the way Marner described how he got set up by Gio on that goal, you know, he called for it, but Gio then sucked in two Red Wings and slipped it over to him. I mean, that, that's veteran savvy. That's something they teach you, right, like at, at the, the Frankie Corrado Defense School. You always want to beat someone with a pass, right? So Mark Giordano slows down a little bit. He, he draws someone in. He beats that player with a pass, 
And now that Mitch Marner has a little more, just that much more time and space to do something with the puck. Got to go. Frankie, take the rest of the night off. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota. And check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. Guy, it's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. So here's what we have. It is the Panthers 1-0 over Edmonton end of the first period. And it was the Lightning 6-5 over the Sabres in overtime. Doubles got by the Rangers 5-3. Golden Knights 3-2 in a shootout over the Blue Jackets. And it was the Stars 4-1 over the St. Louis Blues. Our next stop will be Wednesday night covering the Toronto Raptors, who won tonight at home to Cleveland, 188. And our next stop is Monday Night Football. We'll take you to the Pittsburgh Steelers, leading the Colts 16-10 to late in the third quarter. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Game Night, TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.